Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido along with Scoot. And coming to you recorded from the frog, here's Johnson. Guido, last Saturday it was a great day to be a mountaineer wherever you may have been, which according to the announced attendance, may not have been in the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) You know... You don't need to watch them to be a fan of them, right? Well, and bef- before I, so uh, I, I guess since I opened my big mouth there, Guido, I'll add the the announced attendance for the Cincinnati game at home was 43,588, which I just thought was a bit light, Scoot. That feels feels a bit light. For, for a game that was supposed to be, hey, we're back with a Big East rival. Like it's got, it's yeah, regional. A you re- can drive. Like a neighbor. They, they, people can drive. Yeah, they're close. It's not like we're going, it's three hours. It's not a big deal. Well, I, I don't know if it means that Cincinnati doesn't travel well. I don't think Cincinnati really has uh, a large fan base, if I'm being well, honest. The the fan base has probably shrank a bit, Guido, this season. They're not, I mean, come on, Bearcats aren't... Uh, they're not doing so hot this year, even so still, to speak. They don't. I don't come. They don't come across like a team that travels well. I I don't know. I just you know we're quote unquote not a bad team this year, guys. So where are the fans at? Why are they not in the stadium? Well, because I think the fans realize that's why. Let's 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 put it out there. Put it out there, Guido. All right. No. Well, let's talk. Let's put out there first the good, because like, listen, it can't all be negative, Scoot. Like people are going to eventually turn us off, right? And I'll listen to us over no, I mean, all the time. We speak the truth. Right? We spit the truth. Yeah. I think. You're very much like Dr. Dre back in the day. We spit the truth. That's right. Um, WVU just takes a hammer to uh, Cincinnati and rin- wins 42-21. And, and it was really worse than that. Like, if I was a Cincinnati fan, you know how like we always say, oh, yeah. the score makes it look better than it really was? Like, the score for Cincinnati makes it look better than it really yeah. was. Because, like, we just... Like they just were, they scored 14 in the fourth quarter and those were all junk points. Um, so WVU takes it to, um, to Cincinnati. Scooty offense looked electric. Like they, they you know, they rushing looked, was not a problem. Like rushing was not a problem. Garrett throws, you know, 210 yards. Uh, he did have a really bad interception, but uh, you know, got a TD in there. He was, Running for touchdowns, he was doing his. I mean, he got three touchdowns on the ground. Like it was like Garrett Green Day. W- WVU scoot with six hundred thirty-four total yards of offense. You know you're having a bad day when Neil Brown when, when and Chad Neil Scott Blue. come running your way to the tune of six hundred thirty-four yards. Am I right? Like that's I mean, that's a veritable explosion. You would think uh, the outsider would say that's a lot of screen passes. That's <laughs> I'm saying it's a lot of tunnel screens. <laughs> well, and let's passes. let's talk about where those yards came from, Johnson, because Jaheim White like ran all over the place. Yeah, it was really kind of the Jaheim White game, wasn't it, Guido? It was like he was the top, and he should have been after this game. Is he, this is this his breakout game? Like, are we going to be talking about this game a year from two years? Well, like, are we going to be talking about this game? I think we got to wait. I think we got to wait because look at uh, Huddy Tuddy, who hasn't done much since the Huddy Tuddy game. Yeah, but wasn't Huddy Tuddy against Duquesne? 
It Mostly, may, be, may have been, yes. I mean, I this felt legit for like, and again, I know I'm the one saying like Cincinnati's having a terrible year. What Guido, this takes them to three and eight yeah. after this game. So they're not, you know, you, if you, if you went to, if you fell asleep when Cincinnati entered what, two seasons, three seasons ago, Scoot, they're in the playoff conversation. You know, now you wake up in your new conference and you're three and eight. And, and I think you're what, one win in conference for the Bearcats this year. Um, you know, obviously not your grandpa's Bearcats, well, so to let's, speak. Let's be realistic here too, right? They have a new coach this year, right? They do, yeah. Satterfield. Yep, yep. From Louisville, you, he set the world on fire at Louisville, right? Right. Because they, they stole it. That was a big deal. Yeah, right? they mean, stole it from yeah. He was amazing yeah. at Louisville. You're laying it on thick, aren't you? <laughs> yes. They were often in the top program talk. But I think for Jaheim White, this felt like – you know, I'm I'm just saying this wasn't against some lesser compo- lesser opponent. This was, uh, you know, conference opponent, like Guido said, someone that we have some history with, and he goes to the tune for 204. Now, I I don't I don't know the last time we had a 200 yard rusher, Guido. We'd have to look that up. But to me, this felt really impressive, and he ripped off some some big runs. I, I feel like it was the guy that went uh, worked at Taco Bell. Oh, who was that? Who was that kid? He didn't last long, but it I think he had like me. a great game. No, I know. He did. Well, but Jaheim White, I think this this could be, to answer Guido's question, I think it could be a jumping off point. Because even though, you know, it's silly, we forget this game. C.J. Donaldson takes a, takes a back seat. He only rushes a couple times. Um, I think he had, what, 20 total yards. So it's weird to have a, a rushing game like this. And he's not the big component. That's folks. I wish I wish you could see our podcast because I mentioned the Taco Bell running back, and you can see Guido efforting, efforting tirelessly to figure out the who wheels this Taco are Bell. Justin Crawford. That is Justin who it is. Crawford. Yes. Right. I could not think yes, of the name. He was efforting. Justin you can just see the wheels Crawford. turning. Did he ever have a two hundred yard rushing? What's game? the Google search for that though, Guido? WVU running <laughs> back Taco Bell. Like what did That's you? That's exactly what it was. Word for word. <laughs> WVU football running back Taco Bell. Well, it's a good thing. First story. ESPN 2016. It's a good because he had a job there, right? That's what you were saying. Yeah, he worked at Taco Bell. Yeah, they told him like cut back on his work shifts yeah. so he could actually go to practice. Well, it's a good thing you don't send us off on tangents, Scoot. But uh, for, Scoot doesn't never. He never does that. Never. <laughs> I I think it was. I think it was a, a good game for him. I think it's a game you would look back on and be like, oh, yeah, that's when he came on the scene and probably established himself as like back A right. to whatever tandem they're trying to run. So, how, how Scooty, like you, Garrett Green, like, and you have been, you, I will say, for years now, you've been on the Garrett Green bandwagon. Garrett Green, who has really stepped it up this season. I mean, you've seen it. We all, and I, I will say, like, I'm, I think we've spent most of this year on the podcast or this fall on the podcast in our own words with only three wins. Now we're at, you know, like I've, you had said all along, Garrett Green was a, a difference maker. He was a playmaker. He looked at this game. This was the Garrett Green that we wanted to see. I mean, the interception was not great, but, you know, passing for 210 yards, the three rushing touchdowns, the the mobility that he had, like this is the Garrett Green we've been waiting to have. Well, you can't tell me for the last three years that it hasn't been there. It's been there for whatever reason. Neil Brown refuses to let the light shine. Just let the light shine. 
let the little fella go. <laughs> well, and you know, and like we talked about this last week on the podcast in relation to the Oklahoma game, right? Like they didn't. They didn't let the little boy go. They didn't they didn't let him like do his <laughs> Turn deal. Turn the little well, fella loose. Well, let him go. Light didn't have any room to shine. I mean, that game right. was a bit different. Now, to me though, this just shows his athleticism and it's it is silly, Scoot. It is silly to think back to especially that last full season of Jarrett Dagey when we were told like your best option is not Garrett Green at court it, it like we knew at the time it, like it had to have been we it had to we have knew been. at the time like this feels silly to be told this right and then the longer we watch Garrett Green play it's like man this guy's this guy's been he's he's been the option we should have been I'm going to say something that sounds at times crazy but I don't think I'm wrong when I say He's our best mobile quarterback since Pat White. Like, and I, I think are they different types of runners? Yeah, Pat White kind of like he would glide across the field. He he kind of ran like a deer, whereas um, there's a little bit more of a road runner leg action out of Garrett Green, where you got a lot of the spinning and the dust and then the forward action. But I he's shifty. He's probably maybe our best consistent running threat and he has been for a long time we just for whatever reason continuously yell at him for throwing (laughs) screen passes that he's told to throw yeah and he makes the defense account for him you know he keeps the defense on on its toes now Oklahoma obviously you run into a, a superior opponent but for the most part Guido I think he's in at at you know, at what we're trying to accomplish, I think he gives the offense another dimension where the the de- the opposing defense really has to find him and make sure that someone's shadowing him because he's dangerous. What do you think happens next year? I know that's way ahead. I know we're ahead of it, but specifically with, with Garrett, with the quarterback situation, I think he stays now. I mean, so I guess you know we've got seven wins. Likely with this Baylor game and this Baylor team that is just atrocious, we will, unless we muck it up, we we should end up with eight wins. Neil Brown stays. The offense stays the, exactly the same way it was. But I will tell you this, looking at what we have, you're not losing a lot. You lose an offensive line, that makes you a little nervous. Jaheim White looked amazing. Garrett Green's looking great. You know, I think the wide receiver's, you know, I, I, we always I uh, I had said at the beginning of the season that I thought Preston Fox was going to have a breakout year, and he really hasn't. Um, you know, I think there are probably some. There's got to be something there in the wide receivers. We haven't even talked about what happens in the transfer portal. Maybe this is maybe the program's turning around. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I Does I don't think Garrett Nico jumps. Stay. Yeah, I think Nico stays. You know, uh, can he? And like I didn't. I haven't looked. Uh, he might be able to take his red shirt. Did he already take his red shirt? Like, does he? I think he, he did. did. He did, I think right? Last year, yeah. I mean, I think he stays. Garrett will be a senior next year. I mean, or Garrett will go. Like either way, I think he gets. Well, two I think years it's Garrett's it. team, but Scoot, you're uh, you have a wry look on your face. Do you think Nico doesn't stay? Is that why you're asking that? Well, in, like he maybe... doesn't. He's not going to want to sit behind old, again yeah back in the old days when you couldn't just transfer at the drop of a hat right yeah he stays like that's just what he does is there 
a school out west that's more appealing, like a right. Colorado State or something. Right. Or you know? even at home. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think? He, do you think he could transfer D one? Yeah. And start. Do you do you think Nico could transfer to D one and start? In the right fit. I don't think so. It's it can't be Power Five. I mean, maybe not, but I think he could be like a uh, like a Colorado State Sun Belt. Um, you know, maybe uh, New Mexico or whatever. I, those schools in New Mexico confuse uh, but me. But do you care? Like, do you care that much? No, I'm just curious because I know that um, he was kind of tabbed as like Neil's best quarterback recruit. Yeah. Like he was a four star, big time. I'm just curious. But retention is retention is going to be the thing, right? Like if you know, I I feel like the defense, especially right now, is being held together with like duct tape. So if some of these guys that have a better season that you know grade out better, um, and I guess on the offense too. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Jaheim White. It would super suck if he now gets some notoriety and bounces into the portal. So it. I, I'm not convinced. I mean, obviously, like this is the most Captain Obvious statement ever, but we haven't seen Neil Brown be able to retain talent. So Guido's given, you know, so like to Guido's thought, maybe we're finally turning a corner. It could, Guido, you would agree it easily gets eroded if a bunch of guys now, instead of growing with the team, jump into the portal again. I mean, we can't. Yeah, I mean. I got. I got to be honest with you, and I think this game on Saturday coming up against Baylor is going to be really telling. Because let's say, for argument's sake, you see again this week what you saw last week, where Jaheim White gets most of the opportunities to run the ball, and C.J. Donaldson gets very few opportunities. Does he go? I think you were. Yeah, does he go? But is that a, like and like that's but that's called Jalen Anderson, Justin right. Johnson. Justin Johnson. I think Guido's right. probably on to something though. If you if you take care of of business against this horrible Baylor team because they're Guido's right. They TCU beats them forty two to seventeen this past weekend. They fall to three and eight. They're they're limping into what is going to be their senior day, their final home game. To me, that that's enough to just make me nervous, Guido. But if you go in there and you take care of business, and then let's say, I, I think the telling point, Guido, I'm going to add on to where you were going. Maybe this is where you were going. But if you win a bowl game and you tack on a ninth win, is it enough to convince guys to stick around then? You know, like guys that are starting to think they're a big deal Maybe they're getting maybe they're getting chirped at. I mean, we know how this works, right? Hey, you had a good season. Come over to school X now or whatever. You know, does it does that convince does does finishing out the season full success, which full success now would be nine and four and you beat predictably a good, you know, some respectable bowl win, a good team, a, you know, they have a winning record likely that would be a novel thing for us to do is beat someone with a winning record. Then does that convince some of these guys to stick around and give the program a bit more runway and see what happens next season? I mean, I think it does. I don't know. Like, and here's the thing, like we've been, and we were joked about it last week when we got pounded by uh, um, Oklahoma, but like Neil's Neil's done what he said he's going to do. Like you, you, we can all talk about how we don't like him. And we don't like the offense, and we don't like the direction of the program, and we want Jimbo Fisher, we want him out, all of that, Scoot. You can talk about all that. He's done what he said he was going to do. Absolutely has. Right? And 
I, I will say that he's done it against maybe one of the easier, probably one of the easier schedules in college football, but he's done it. He did what he said he was going to do. He he's he's going to a bowl. He's going to win eight games. You know, we all like listen. I think Johnson picked us as a four-win team. You and I picked us as a three-win yeah, team. Yeah, how in hindsight, how was I the ray of sunshine? I said four with a path to five, and somehow I was the ray of optimism in hindsight. And I'm not saying I'm on the mountain, Scooty, and I'm not like we can make all the buying carabiners and trusting climb jokes as we want. Scoot, I hear carabiners clanging together. I hear I'm, carabiners. No, I'm not saying that. Clanking. I'm just saying I'm just saying that when you look at where well, when you look at a lot of things, when you look at where the program is, where you look at where the buyout is on Neil Brown, where you look at the what what has happened this year with the team, I I don't think you have players jumping ship. Yeah, you're gonna lose guys to the transfer portal. That's college football today. I don't think you're getting a new coach. Neil Brown's he, Neil Brown's here for another year or two. Like, but you'll but maybe at least what do we declare a win there, Guido? I guess what I'm saying is like you lose a. You you lose a um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like a moderate amount you know like a, an amount like okay yeah you're gonna lose a handful like where at the end of the at the end of that cycle you're like well yeah you're gonna lose some people to the portal but not another cycle where we're like oh my gosh oh like, yeah and I, yeah right you know I what don't I mean th- right I don't think you have that I don't think you have that scooter I uh, I feel. I'm going to say this. I like WVU. I like football. I like the football players. I don't know that I like Neil. I cringe at the thought of... You don't know that you... Guido and I know no, that I you know, don't, I like don't like Neil. Neil. Right, I don't like Neil. Great, I get that. I cringe at the thought that he'll be here not just next year, but beyond that. Yeah. Because to, like, to me... We still in five years. What is the identity of this football team? So let me ask. Let me ask Johnson this. We we kind of touched on this last week a little bit. I went back and listened and heard us talking about it. But let me ask you this, Johnson, because John, like Scoot, love you, but Johnson and I have been in it for the long haul, right? Like Johnson and I, we were we lived through the eighties. We remember, you know, the Pitt, the Penn State games. You know, how do you feel, Johnson? If like he goes eight and four regular season this year. Maybe he goes eight and four regular season next year. Like, you know, 30 years ago, eight and four, we were happy with. 30 years ago, the guy who got his name retired in the stadium this weekend, Don Nealon, like, and we you talked about it last week, Johnson, like, he made a career of that. And then yeah, he'd, he'd, pop, he'd pop off an 88 season. He'd get a major Harris and he'd pop off an 88 season. He'd 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 throw in there a 10 win season every now and then. But he he stayed here for 30 years coaching or 20 well yeah, 30 years coaching and you know and developed and built the program to what it is by having 8 and 4 seasons. He rarely had bad losing seasons. And you know, I I don't know. That's what I'm trying to come to as a as a Mountaineer fan. Have we gotten to the point as fans where like we expect to be the number one team every year. We're not Alabama, folks. We're not. Like, we're not Georgia. So eight and four, are we happy with it? 
No, I think that's a fair question. I think this eight and four. So yes. Are we happy with it? Yeah. I think we're happy with it, but I'm not convinced. Like I'm so cynical, Scoot. We're not to the eighth win yet. Right. Like there, to me, there's still time to kneel it up a little But Yes. If, if we, if we got there, especially like I'm saying, if we finish out successfully, nine wins and you tag a, you know, so you've tagged a bowl game in there and then you turn the corner and you repeat that again. Of course. Yeah. I think people would have to be content about that. What I think is, what I think is interesting though, is that I think it's just as, it's just as believable to me that the air gets sucked out of the whole enterprise in a bad trip to Baylor and then a loss to a middling team in a bowl you know that's i think i think that's just as believable to me right now but that's and like and here's the problem i'm having this is why i bring it up is we have spent the three of us who do a podcast at least try to do it every week but whenever we decide we want to do it we do this podcast and for the last for all fall we have been complaining about oh we don't like neil brown where's jimbo fisher why blah 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 this that and the other and I'm I'm at a point like I'm not trusting the climb and I don't I'm not on the Neil Brown bandwagon. I just want to enjoy WVU wins, man. Like I don't want it to be laborious to come on and talk about uh we won, we beat Cincinnati, but boy, they stink. I mean, uh, honestly, well, like here's the thing, you get excited when you beat good teams, right? Right. Have we have we beaten any good teams? TCU. That was a team What's we What's the record? Yeah, I, I, TCU's having a rougher season, but they were they were a good team coming in, and that was here. Here's my thing, Scooty. I, I'm not even. I don't even know if I care about. I care about beating good teams. I care about the games being good, right? Like I would rather, like what my what I mean, like I would rather have, and I and like I'll use it because it was a bad example, bad, a loss, but like I'd rather have Houston games every week, right, than Cincinnati games. Like I enjoy pounding Cincinnati and it was fun to have and you're going to get those but like the Houston game was awesome it was fun to watch I was in it every minute like Cincinnati game by halftime I was like eh, we're gonna win I'm gonna do a couple things I would do was vacuum the house and peek up at the TV you know I, I think that all I'm saying is that we've had good games this year we've had some good games Texas Tech it was a win it was a good game TCU is a win it was a good game Houston lost good game Oklahoma State that was a good game like I, I don't know. I'm just tired of being frustrated at something that's not going to change, and I want to enjoy it. Well, I, I can respect that. I am too. I I think where I'm at though is Scoot and I were talking about something earlier on the text machine about. I think the longer this goes, the longer that the new version of college football creeps along. I think you're going to have to stand out a bit, and I'm I'm just not. That's where my hangup is. I think with Neil Brown because he's constantly. Remind. I feel like he's in post games and leading up to games. It feels like he's constantly telling us how the average thing is is good. There was a quote from him, Scoot, after this last game. I think where um, someone you know asked him a question, and he said, "Well, you know, they haven't won six conference games at West Virginia many times." And then someone immediately on Twitter pointed out because they only used to ever play seven total conference games to begin, you know, like stuff like that. And prior to that, oh, by the way, we were an independent prior to 1993, stuff like that. I mean, you could have Southern Conference like way back in the 50s, but it's like these 
little quips that are sort of like we're magnifying the average to make it seem we haven't won too many times and white helmets or something ridiculous Uh, yeah it's always a weird like well you know you can't do well you know you can't do that great in morgantown is always like this feeling that you get in the message and that's what i have a problem with i think the longer that the new world of college football goes you're gonna have to differentiate yourself a little bit and i still don't have the feeling that neil brown's gonna gonna do that long term and i don't want to middle around six wins i don't want to middle around we're not alabama we're not georgia i get that however can we be in conference championships can we be ranked can we do some of those things that you know maybe down the road get us into a college playoff now that the playoff is expanding that's i think realistic if you're in a power five conference and you're and your college team doesn't give you the opportunity at any point to do those things, then maybe there is an issue. And I still go back to what is like, if I'm a high school kid and WVU is recruiting me, what can I say why I'm going to WVU because of the style of play? Just strictly talking style of play, not location, throw that out. Like, I want to go to WVU because they really know how to take care of their wide receivers. I want to go to WVU because they send a lot of guys to the NFL. I want to go to WVU because their uh, defense is insane. Like, what is the what is Neil Brown's thing? Well, but here here's my thing, Scooty. I agree, but what what makes you say that Neil Brown? And this team, let's say Gary Green comes back. Let's say Jaheim White's the real deal. Maybe we have offensive linemen somewhere hidden in a you know closet in the Pushcart Center. Um, like, what if next year WVU turns out in this schedule, which is not any next year? I I look at next year's schedule and it's I it's way harder than this year's schedule, or at least the, the way I see it. But what if WVU turns out they they you know they don't have to face a Texas or an Oklahoma anymore. What if they 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 could do it? I th- I look at this team. I look at like a Garrett Green. I look at they could do it. They could do it next year. And then like, what are you saying? Like, what are you saying if Neil Brown next year takes us to a ten win season, nine win season again? Maybe nine wins isn't enough in the big in the new Big Twelve to get us into the championship game because it would have been this year. Maybe they're playing in the playoffs. It's not. I, I'm just saying, like we, you talk about it like we're never going to get there. It's not that far out of reach. Yeah, that's fair. In the new version, yeah, that's fair. I think the reason though we're sitting here debating it like this is because it's lacking. Like Scoot started to say uh, say it a minute ago. What is the quality of your of your wins? I mean, that's. I think that's ultimately why we're sitting here debating it because. Guido, I'm not going to lie to you. Sure, eight wins. And if we get to a ninth, I think you've accomplished something, especially if you cap it with a bowl win. I'm happy. I'm not going to hold it against the guy. But it, we're, I think we're continuing to debate it because it has a hollow feeling to it. I mean, I I don't know where you put the flag in the ground, but those old Don Nealon teams that would go eight and four, seven and four, you know, whatever, nine and three, they usually had a win or two that people were like, oh, man, were you, were you at the Boston College game? Were you at the Penn State game? Were right. you at the Pitt game? You know, I don't know. It had like this something that you could hang your hat on. And I think people right now in the fan base are looking at like, what what exactly am I hanging my hat on? Like, 
what's the best like beating Texas Tech maybe or like going to Central Florida and winning? Like, I think people are sort of like, where do I hang my hat? And they, I think. There's a really good there's a really good account on on Twitter now called Country Roads, and that guy I continue to follow even though I think he low key trolls people a little bit. He puts out a lot of tweets of like stats and strength of schedule, and I think he does it in a clever way not to like be um, digging at people, but like to generate conversation. And he or she, I mean, dude, or it could be a dudette, I don't know you know, they put stuff out there like to generate conversation. And it's, it's often about like, let's look at the last X number of schedules. This one would actually rank as one of the, of the hardest. And then, you know, you sit back and you think we haven't beaten, we haven't beaten a winning, a a team with a winning record yet. stuff like that. So I think the reason we hotly debate it all the time, even though the number says seven, it may say eight, it may say nine. I think the reason we debate it is because it feels lacking. That's the only oh, way I can sum it up. Say beat somebody, beat somebody, and then you're going to turn my attention. Right. Like I, and maybe it's in this bowl game, Guido. That scoots right. Like maybe like face someone strong that you and you know because Guido, you you told us last pod like I think our choices were Illinois and then maybe Maryland. Like go beat a Maryland team that's that's put some wins together that I'd I care about. I'd love to beat a ranked team. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be that'd be a lot of fun, yeah. And then that would be that. something. Then you only play who you got on your schedule. But when we've gone up against teams that are ranked, we don't win those games. Yeah, and we're, it's it's barely competitive. I feel like, like I mean, it's not. Not only do we not win, but I feel like it's not competitive. So beat beat one of those teams in a bowl game, and then I think you have something to hang your hat on. And I don't want to throw a wet blanket over everything, but uh, if you have been like I do every week, I kind of look at the bowl projections. I know they don't mean a lot. But I like to read them. So we still they're still looking at that guaranteed rate bowl that we had talked about last week uh, in Phoenix against Illinois. Um, this one's going to make you guys really upset. So um, they came out this week, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I, I think Maryland might have lost this week. Um, right now, here's one projection that might give you a little bit of agita. AutoZone Liberty Bowl on uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. West Virginia versus... Troy. Oh, <laughs> what oh if you roll in God. there and lose, Scoot? What, what if, if we, you? Oh what if you roll God. in there and lose? Oh it's my God! Because gosh. they got Al Pogue. That's why <laughs> Al Pogue is the juice man. I mean, like, well, it's going to be interesting though, Guido. We can we can move on. I know you want to talk about other stuff, but you lose it's Troy, you know we're we're sitting here saying eight, maybe nine. Guido, where is your head at if it's? Not four losses, but six. I mean, Troy. Troy right now. Troy right now is uh, is just so you know. Troy right now is nine and two. Um, oh god, they, they haven't really beaten anybody that we like. That they, I mean, there's Sun Belt Conference, right? So there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people to to talk about there. But I I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, but Guido, what if that? What if? What if the optimism turn? What if the optimism toward nine becomes a reality of six, six losses instead of nine wins? What if this face plants into six losses? Where is your head at then? I mean, I, I don't think I don't. That's the thing. I don't think it's what. Let me ask you this: What if it's what if it's nine wins, but it's against Baylor and then Troy? 
by the way, you know who Troy's quarterback. Scoot's not wrong. You know who one of Troy's quarterbacks is right now. It's Goose, isn't it? You get, you got to let the goose, goose loose, man. Oh, if Goose beat us. <laughs> now that would be a turnabout. Is how how the turntables, right? Oh if man, goose beats us. I knew there was a quarterback connection. He hasn't played much this year, but he's played. But how frustrating is this, Scoot? How frustrating is this, though? If you beat a nine-win Troy team, is that any good? No, it's like no Neil good. Brown is so frustrated. This whole experiment with him is it's so no frustrating. Good. Like, play a good team and beat from a major conference and beat them. Like, if Guido, if it plays out that way, it will be the most frustrating thing because then we'll have to sit here and decide if that's good. Like, I just want to know. Like, give me something that's obviously good so i don't have to bait about it it's ugh, the whole thing's frustrating Listen, goose is nine for 13 in passing yeah i mean he hasn't played much 94 yards one touchdown guido can i mention one other thing though because i made the smart alec uh we were talking about alec manoa and i just said smart alec and it made me think of that mm-hmm. he probably feels like a dumb alec right now unfortunately Ooh. who Side note, Scoot, who do you think picks him up? I think the Blue Jays are going to deal him. I'd love for the Pirates to get him. I want him to land on one of our teams and then return to greatness. I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll stay in the AL East and be an Oriole. So they won't. I don't think Guido would go nuts if he landed on the Orioles. But with John Means, Guido with John Means and you would be in Uh, heaven. Yes, I'm. I'm hoping Uh, that it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll see what happens with that. I saw that rumor. Well, anyway, I. I was being a smart aleck at the top of the show because I I, th- I think, Guido, it's interesting. You know, we talk Neil Brown, Neil Brown, Neil Brown. I, my mind is doing something lately, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. I, I, I'm having this, this turn of thinking where I almost don't even care anymore because it's in Ren Baker's hands, and I so like Ren Baker. I thought it was so cool. If you if you consider that Don Nealon, how beloved Don Nealon is, and finally, 21 years after his last game, they are doing something for him and they retired his name. You know, they they didn't retire his name. He still goes by Don Nealon. <laughs> he no um, longer goes by. They, they put his name <laughs> on the stadium. No longer. <laughs> Bob the, the artist formerly known. No, you know what I'm trying to say. But they finally write a wrong, in my opinion, Guido. Why did this take so long? I, I, It made me immediately – I already like Ren Baker. This made me – I sat there Saturday thinking, I really do truly like this guy. Like, he, he gets it. He immediately – like, they've done – more of these, uh, what what do they call it? The ring of honor yeah. in the stadium. Um, I loved, loved, I cannot stress this enough, loved seeing Don Nealon on the field. I loved seeing them putting his name up there, honoring him. The, um, the broadcast crew had him in the booth for a bit during the game, and we got to hear his voice. And it made me look at Ren Baker even a little bit differently than I already positively look at him. It was, it was like, he gets it like writing a wrong. I can't believe it's been 21 seasons since, you know, since Don Nealon coached and they're finally doing something for him. And so, and it made me think the rest of the day, Saturday, I think no one, no, like regardless of where you land on Neil Brown. And honestly, we're going to talk about basketball, regardless of where you land on Josh Eilert and, and what's going on there right now. I continued to be um, 
at least comforted a bit by Ren Baker being there and being in charge of it. And I, I more and more I trust what he's doing and how he's approaching things. And I don't know, Guido. I, I thought it just really, to me, it grabbed my attention. Like, thank goodness they're writing this wrong. That, you know, I think this should have been done a long time ago. No, and it was really good. It was really good to see them honor uh, Coach Nealon. And, and, you know, I mean, he's in the he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. why isn't his name on something right. somewhere? Um, you know, and plus... So I would on- have hoped that there would have been more people there to celebrate it with him that's why i was being a smart aleck about the crowd but i know there's a lot of factors around the holiday week but um not to cut you off guido but i think well yeah because what hurts them too is the students yeah right right but um but i will also say like on top i I agree with you i think ren baker is the traject the trajectory of ren baker right now say that five times (laughs) yeah i know say that five times real fast um Doing great, and on top of everything else, the jacket he wore on the sidelines oh, this week—it was folks, top if you had to notch. Fire, top fire. I'm so glad you brought that up. That thing was. T- I saw that Classic and, and oh man, button down like 1995 starter jacket, and then like he like pairs with the it West with the Nike yes. Dunks. Scoot, where are you at on these? This is your wheelhouse, man. This is your wheel. I, I can't believe Scoot. Didn't I can't bring believe this up you're, you're not the one bringing this up. Fire. Well. I mean, I'll bring it up once he decides what he's doing with Neil Brown. Then I'll bring it up. <laughs> I need him to decide. Get well, I, Guido, I'm a fan, and I find myself relaxing a bit on all the coaching turmoil. Be- I mean, I don't envy uh, uh, Ren Baker. I don't envy his position in all this, but I'm glad he's the one there. I'm glad he's the one that has the energy to do it, and I and I just – I really appreciate what he's doing. Uh, the nostalgia in me loved what they did for for Coach Neal on Saturday, and I commend him for that. So WVU plays Baylor on Saturday right here after Thanksgiving, and that game is a 7 o'clock kickoff. It's on Fox Sports 1, so nationally televised. Check that out. We'll see what happens. WVU basketball, on the other hand, whew, uh, we are down playing the, what is it, Fort? Myers classic. It's a classic. I call it a classic. Is it a classic, classic or yeah, is Guido is a just classic? Because every mean, season, Guido, we revisit your love of classics. Guido loves so, him a classic. I love me a good classic. I love me a good. I, I love me a good classic. The Fort Myers tip off is what it's called. Yes. Um, so Friday night we play Jack State, Jacksonville State, and uh, you know was a nice game. WVU showed up, wins seventy to fifty seven. Kind of looked like basketball was happening, which was a positive. Seven guys still out there. We turn around on Monday night on uh, our second game, and I don't think I can call anything that I saw in the second half of that game, guys. Basketball. Well, would you? Was well, there much basketball Scoot there? As Scoot, as wonderful as the first half was of that game, truly, I'm not just saying. Like I was so happy for them. That's Guido. How bad. The second half, <laughs> to your point, like well, like it was it, like. It, what, have you ever, Johnson? And you again, Scooty. Not to not to belittle anything you say, but Johnson, you and I have been in the thick of it for a long time. Have in the history of W watching WVU games, and granted, back in the nineties and the eighties, we didn't get to see every game. Like we had to listen to you know Jack call him on the radio or whatever. Uh, have you ever seen a Jekyll and Hyde of a first half? in second half of a basketball game well not like not like the way for both teams 
Yeah. For both yeah. teams. Yeah, not, not in the fashion that that happened, Scoot. They just truly ran out of gas. I mean, that well, was like watching at, the battery drain. Um, If you look at the starters' minutes, I think, uh, well, I know Jesse Edwards had 36 minutes. That's a lot of time for a guy that's 6'11 to get up and down the court. Yeah. Now, that's not an excuse, and you'd think, okay, he's a college kid, he should be in shape or whatever, but SMU likes to move the ball up and down the court, and we got caught up playing some of that style with them, especially the first first half I thought actually at times was more frenetic than the second half, to be honest with you, but I'm going to I'm, I'm say that playing that speed in the first half caught up with us in the second half. Um, yeah, and Scoot, did you catch there was a like a three minute span kind of midway through the second half where they tried to run with them again for yes. for a period and it really dug the hole and even deeper. Like listen, it was it was just bad news. I I've watched a lot of basketball in my time and I had very high hopes when he came in as a freshman. Kobe Johnson's not the answer at point guard. I know he's got uh, he's averaging eleven points a game, which kind of astonishes me because I think he had a good game there a game or two ago. Well, Jacksonville State, like Guido said, I think he had nineteen. Yeah, against, that's uh, like a, the best State. ever for him. He's kind of slow thinking or slow processing what he's going to do with the ball. Some, uh, I think he second guesses himself. Some, he's not super aggressive. Um. I don't, but he's your third highest scorer right now. Like that's the problem. Well, there's like, nobody else. That's the that's the yeah, like, but, and, and so, that's what I was gonna let's say. Just, he's pressed into a spot right now, Guido. And and here's the thing, and maybe I, I will say I was wrong for throwing them so far under the bus on how bad this basketball game was. Because you like when you compare like what happened, like take away everything else. Like SMU had eleven players, nine of those players had double digits in minutes. Oh yeah. We, WVU WVU had seven players, and six of them had no. I'm sorry, five of them played more than thirty yeah, minutes. I'm, I'm sure and they one did. One of them played twenty four yeah. minutes. So, like, here, here's this is my concern, and and we'll get into the other news that we found out just before recording the podcast. We don't have anybody, and so, like, it doesn't matter. It didn't really matter who we play Mm-mm. because we don't have anybody to play. No, nope. like these guys are going to yeah. be so That's... winded and so beat up. Like there's no chance they win in the that's a, that's the thing. It's not it's not quality of basketball. I think these guys play hard. I think they're fun to watch. I enjoy watching them. I feel horrible for them because they just have nobody to help them. Now, they're not using that as an excuse and they go into every game planning to win or you know doing their best to do so. But the reality is you're two or three fouls away from being in major problems. Like, you know, if Jesse Edwards fouls out or gets into, you know, four fouls, they're gonna have to play him with four fouls. If um, Quinn Slazinski rolls an ankle, there goes yeah, eighty five percent of your you offense. And 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 like that and that and like I am sure, I am very confident that the coaching staff is telling these guys right now you can't foul. There's not enough of you. So don't be aggressive. Like, well, and that's you're going to get scored on, right? Yeah, so you're going to well, get scored right. on. Especially and if so you're it, especially if you play the 4 or the 5. Yeah, you can't 
you're going to get to parts of games where you can't be aggressive. You can't foul. And I think that's why Jojo last game was so quick of all those guys. We had a little tangle there between uh, Jesse Edwards and Lanier, the coach's yeah. son. Yeah. And Jojo Harris like came out of nowhere, yeah. like across Grabbed the him. court to get him away yeah. from like, Hey, calm they down. They can't afford to have like anybody in that kind right. of situation, especially him. Right. I mean, they, yes, right. Uh, but you're exactly right. I, I think two things though, Guido, I think, I think this was, this SMU game was a preview of, I think you're going to, I think you're bound to have a lot of 20 point second halves this season because of this. I mean, I don't know how you won't. You'll, and you're going to have, teams you're gonna have break us. Constantly. Yeah. You're going to have people just press you, press you, pressure you, turn up the heat, try to run the pace of the game quick. Cause I think you're bound to have more 20 ish point second halves. Cause guys will just be out of if gas. Ben and Brees hurt, and yeah. I, apparently I, I like, don't know what's what happens. Gonna happen with- what what happens if two or three guys get hurt? No, I'm not really like, sure. Which isn't unreasonable to think during no, I know. a collegiate basketball season where you got to travel 700 miles every. Yeah, other well, month. and just I started to worry. You know, you guys talking about the fatigue midway through that second half. I started to worry about people getting hurt just because you're fatigued. You know, you start getting sloppy. You don't right. plant your feet the same way, stuff Going like after that. Like, loose balls, like yeah, diving you're, on the floor for a loose just, ball. You're just bound to get hurt because you're tired. But I think Scoot is as bad as the guard play is because the guard plays really bad right now. Yes. Like, I mean, yes. look, these guys are dealing with a lot. I'm not trying to be sour. But as bad as the guard play is, if I could just get a cook a cook back on the floor – I feel like it would make such a big difference. Just like, to take the heat just, off of Jesse. Yeah, just to give him a breather. Like last night uh, in this SMU game, anytime in the second half especially, in the first half they were totally flummoxed, and then they did make some adjustments. But, you know, anytime Jesse touched the ball, I felt like three red jerseys were on him everywhere he went. Uh, and I know, you know, Scooch, you've pointed out, it's not like a cook, a cook is some prolific scorer or something, but I just think no, just having him deterrent. around the basket yeah. would make such a big difference. It's, it's a shame they're facing so many hurdles on this I'll roster. I'll say this in a positive, I think through four games, right? We're two and two, I believe through four games, Jesse Edwards might lead West Virginia in all-time recipients of alley-oop dunks through four <laughs> games. Like, that guy, they're constantly just like, oh, we'll throw it in the zip code and Jesse will go grab it and dunk well, it for he us. He was an absolute problem for them in the first half. I mean, he was oh, making man. it look easy. And, and that's Quintel the shame Zinsky of it. had a pass that was, like, amazing. He yeah. sliced that ball up there. Like, he does that kind of stuff. Slazinski, if you think back to the exhibition game, he came off the bench back when we actually had players. He came off the bench. Remember and, that? Like, now he's our leading scorer. Like We're like, please, Quinn, just don't get punched in the face by somebody. But isn't that the shame of – to me, that's the shame of the whole thing is that you don't have – like you can see glimpses of a lot of fun, a lot of potential. I like Neve. Yeah. I, I, like, a, I like a lot of these guys. I mean, we're complaining about the guard play, but there's not a guy on this team that I don't that I don't like – um, but you know, there's, there's so much potential here and it's a shame that 
like to me, the the rug just got pulled out from under their feet against SMU and SMU to their. I mean, they took advantage of it. Like Guido said, I'm going to roll 11 dudes out there against your seven. Right. It's just going to be a war of attrition. Well, and you saw that really when the guy that's well, like hit uh, 10% of his threes had three threes yeah, in a row. Right. Like right. they just were on a gas by the time they couldn't even get to defend him yeah you move the ball a couple times he gets stuck in the paint you can't get out there anybody and that's going to be the challenge like anybody who plays us is just going to have the ability to run the court in the second half like they're just going to run all over us like you're looking at a team where we have four returning players of the seven that played last night four of them were returners kobe johnson who I don't know what he averaged in minutes last year, but it had to be single digits, probably like seven or less. Now he's playing 30-some minutes a game. Yeah. Seth Wilson, who was probably around maybe 10 more to than 15. That. Yeah. 10 to 15 minutes a game. Pat Sumnick, who in a, in a game where you have seven eligible players only played eight minutes. Right. So if you wanted any kind what's of – What's that tell you? Yeah, right. If you wanted any kind of – affirmation as to his abilities there it is right, right. there there it is right and there. then uh and, and i don't even who was our fourth guy that was only three right oh jojo harris oh yeah jojo. Who, jojo like played in two games total last year right he's now like a like entrenched as a starter and he's for whatever reason feels the need to shoot three point shots all the time and he goes over three in this game and i and that's the thing about quinn slazinski like you know, he if he's not hitting anything, then we're definitely like, thank God for these transfers. So so this is where we dive into the NCAA. <laughs> and so we find out just before we get on the record, the podcast that uh, the appeal to uh, instate or reinstate uh, Raekwon battle to be able to play this season has been denied. Uh, WVU puts out extremely quickly like within minutes of the decision um a pretty scathing and fiery statement towards the nc yeah like had it lo locked and loaded i feel like guido i mean this came I, out like, immediately this was oh yeah and i mean it was um you know for a university in the NCAA system to put to say some of the things they said in the statement like along the lines of the NCAA has failed to do the right thing that the NCAA would continue to view student athletic well-being and mental health as a priority like they came after the NCAA and this comes on the heels and I just want to talk about it for a second former WVU punter kicker uh Pat McAfee went on a tear this past weekend on the NCAA. So talking about, for those of you who don't follow, uh, college game day, uh, went to JMU, and you know JMU having a great football season this year, doing very well, but because they're in their second year, their probationary year of being a Division I school, they're unable to go to a bowl game, they're unable to go and play in their conference championship or, or have a chance to go and make some extra money as a university uh, because of NCAA rules. And Pat McAfee, go, look, go search for it on the internet if you haven't yet, goes on like just a – just a rant Friday on his show and then again on Saturday on ESPN about the NCAA and their inability 
to realize or deal with the changes in collegiate athletics, it's a big blow to WVU. It's a big blow because, like, here, what are like we go down the Jose Perez situation as well. Like, what are the chances we ever see this this kid play basketball in the Coliseum? Probably none, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Like, I mean, that's where my little. mind goes. And Scoot, if you're Josh, he can Eiler, come back next year. I mean, he can come yeah, back. Yeah, but so I know and Farrakhan but, will be back. Farrakhan's the other guy. I know Farrakhan, who they didn't even try to yep. appeal. No, he just said, oh, "I'm not going to play this year, and I'll sit and watch." But he actually gets to practice and everything, and so does Raekwon. He gets he gets to be at practice and stuff. He just can't compete in the games. But Scoot, if you're Josh Eiler, you've got to feel like the basketball gods are just speed bagging your giblets right now, right? I mean, like, well, what else could like? Of of course, you know, I'm sure this came through today, and he was like, "Of course, why? Of course, why not?" Like, here's the thing: warranted or not warranted, how do you not? give the guy a chance at a real chance at the job beyond this year. Like I get, he's the interim, but like you can't look at the record and be like, well, you didn't do the job. Like the guys, how could you done as well as he can do at this point? But can I ask a question, Guido, you, you skimmed the surface there a minute ago, but it does make you start to want, and look, I know like, there's at least one. We know Chris is coming back at some point here, six more games or whatever of his nine game suspension left. Um, you, it makes you start to wonder like, Guido, we're in a territory where you almost can see like having to wave a white flag, you know, like you get a couple injuries and stuff and you're you like, you have to like forfeit games. Yeah. Like, look, we don't have five dudes, you know, like, I think that's where you were going a minute ago, Guido. Like what you, you start Ali's to really going to have to play. Yeah. Like, I don't know like why we're holding out. Like at this point, like roll that guy Scooty, out. Your phone better be charged. Cause you might have to go play. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I was at uh high school girls basketball practice yesterday. Yeah. And, I was silky. I was silky. I was I was I cutting loose. I, I, can I tell you something, ahead, Johnson? You I guarantee you, if Scooty got called to play, he pops an Achilles first game. Oh, first I don't game. know how much I can make it up and down the court. I'd have to be one of those guys. <laughs> I'd have to be like, listen, coach, you're going to get me on offense or defense. You pick. But Which I one? think I just say that because I think anyone that's out there watching games right now and they're – prepared to be super critical of a win loss like normal season of basketball needs to just do something else this season because it's not like to me i can see scoot like a nine and how many games do we like nine and 21 season or something you know what i mean like and (laughs) i feel like i feel like uh johnson we need to really have a wellness check on our good friend josh witt because uh, it's going to be a long yeah, season for him doing for, podcasts you're after right, every game. Because Josh is going to try to do a podcast after every single game. Which, if you're not listening to Josh, you need to you need to go check him out. Unreasonable doubt. But I think I Scoot. I still love this team. I was rooting hard for him against SMU. They clearly ran out of gas. And when the game ended, you know, in a, what I'm trying to say is like in a normal season. I would I would grab my phone. Yeah, yeah, I would I would grab my phone. I would text you. I would have some bullet points I was mad about or adjustments I didn't think were made or what were they doing during this point. And 
I don't really find myself doing that already this year because it just feels comp- it's like well it's like i'm proud of them that they got to the end of the game you know what i mean like it's things. so weird couple things one tomorrow is going to be tough very you're playing the number 24 virginia team who lost yeah that's your they're good okay, and mad we get to play the losing team okay they're 24th in the country um, well, and they so, average like 18 points, a, right? Like their score against Wisconsin, I think they scored 41 points and, and I think Wisconsin scored maybe 60. Um, right. That's going to be a grind of a game anyway. So that's going to be frustrating. But if if I'm being honest, if let's, I mean, and I know I've seen it on Twitter some and I'm sure you've seen it and we've talked a little bit about it in text. Hey, Bob, Bob Huggins, I'm talking to you son pullover guy and i mean that like i said last time in a couple different ways <laughs> you like want to be revered you still want to coach whatever look at what you've done to the university that you claim you beloved right not only did you cause what you're seeing right now on the basketball court now obviously they didn't you know he's not responsible for raekwon battles uh waiver not being granted he's not responsible for jose perez leaving the program however some of those guys that we have now wouldn't be here now because we already had our team pretty much figured out and uh you know trey mitchell how's he doing at kentucky I think he's doing pretty good. Well, but you would you'd want a Mowagi, you'd want a James Okonkwo, yeah. you'd want a right. you'd want him, yeah. you'd, you'd want Joe Tucson. There's like half a dozen. Yeah, so you're what you're what you're seeing now is the fruits of the fall apart that happened, right? I mean, there are a lot of people on Twitter ignoring all that and just saying, "Well, look, he's not responsible for Raekwon or or uh, you, you know, like Chris's suspension." This, of course not, but the actions now compound this stuff to a point where it's almost untenable. Like it's, it's insane. It's, it, there has been, I mean, you probably could look on, on one hand, count on one hand, the teams that are going to have to face the adversity that this team will face in the history of NCAA basketball. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, and Scooch, you and I were talking. You know, Jesse Edwards is a saint. Oh, for him to stay at WVU, like, knowing he should, like he had every right to be like, uh, "I'm out. I'm like, out. I don't want to yeah. do this." And he's he's not only in, but he's he looks to be all in, and he's a workhorse right now. He's all in. He has a appears to have a good attitude. Yeah, yeah, like. He knows it's going to be bad, and he doesn't care. He kind of embraces the bad. Like, he just sucks it up and does his job. Like, the guy is a saint, and he needs to be revered as such. And I know we can I, – I rag a little bit on Kobe and Seth. They stuck around. They didn't have to stick around. And they probably could have gone to maybe not other big-time schools, but they could have gone to other Division One schools and played – a lot more time, a lot faster than they have now. Now they are thrown into well, and not not be placed in this blender they're currently in. I mean, that's why it's right. hard to knock like, on them because I mean they're out there working their butts off in in a, a not great situation. Well, you know, they could have been part of the parade that left. They are pieces to the puzzle. They're not the main 
you know, like they're not the the main ingredient. Right. And unfortunately, we were playing them as the main ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. They've, yeah. They've been pressed into service where I'm sure they didn't expect to be to be asked to do that so, right now. I, and, and you know, the obviously the university is not saying anything at this point, but like. What, what do you think that situation is for Josh Eilert? Because he is in a no-win situation. I, like, I and think I feel it's bad his for lose. him. I feel bad for him as a guy who, you know, has been in this industry, that industry, for so long and has finally now got his chance to be a head coach, a D1 head coach, and he's he's been given a pile of steam and you know what? Like, he has – like – Unless things change, but like the thing with battle today, not being eligible, like I feel like is a nail in his coffin for this season. Like I don't expect, I mean, I hate to say it. I don't expect us to win maybe what? Eight, 10 more games this season. Eight. Well, if we won 10 more more games, games, that'd be great. Cause then yeah, you're I, at 12 and something. Yeah, I think of... that's reasonable. I think that's the rational take, Guido. What I'm afraid of is, you know, you've got people out there asking if we can go to the NCAA tournament, stuff like that. You know, I just no, like, like, what, here's like the thing. It's, after this Virginia game, we've got to stack up some of these non-conference wins because come conference time, if we're still rolling seven deep or eight deep, those like even against some of the weaker of the conference opponents, that's that's going to be tough. But Guido, right? I think to answer your question, I I think what will be a win right like right now, you know, pre-Thanksgiving basketball season timeline, you know, maybe we feel differently as this evolves, but I think right now to me a win is keeping these guys together, keep keeping their heads up, keeping people engaged, keeping the fan base engaged, you know, like I think you've got such an unenviable task of getting this seven or eight man roster through the big 12 say this. schedule. Like it's going to be crazy to watch. I'm going to say this and now maybe it's a little, I say things sometimes and you guys look back later on and say I'm an idiot or say I'm a genius. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> most of yes first, and no. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I feel the best thing for this basketball program would be to take the interim tag off of Josh Eilert sooner rather than later. And the reason why I say this is obviously if we're going to disregard the results of these games, right? So wins and losses we got to throw out because we can't really use that as a a the sole indication as to whether or not he's doing a good job. Did you say wins is? Wins is. Like Gollum? He did say wins is. <laughs> Scoot, do you know who Gollum is? No. So <laughs> no. wins and losses, right? So you can't use those as the sole indication as to whether he's doing a good job or not. And I don't think that would necessarily be the sole factor. But my concern is... Recruiting. Well, it's going to be like everyone and their brother will recruit against us yeah. using the fact right. that you're going to go to the got interim, interim guy. Yeah. You're right. gonna, you don't know if he's going to be there. That staff's going to break up. I'm hearing this about Jordan McCabe. I'm hearing that about Alex Ruoff. They're not going to be there. Those are the guys that are recruiting you. They won't even be on staff. So you've got to lock them in. And here's where it gets really gray guys though. It's like, let's talk about like, he's not going to win games. There will not be people in the Coliseum this season 
it'll be empty. We will be playing on ES, like all those flex games that are on our schedule right now, those are all going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So, like, I, there's a fiduciary commitment that the have that you know the institution has to make sure that they're putting out there a product similar to what we talked about in football which they're succeeding at right now a product that's getting nationally televised game that's getting people in the butts in the seats and i'm not saying this is necessarily this is where i feel bad for josh island because i don't necessarily say it's on him but is wvu better off at the end of the season going you know what we're gonna hire this big name that lost his job because he was on a hot seat here and now we'll put him here. I don't think so, but that's me. I don't, I, I would, I would stick with Eiler and I know he has zero, um, street cred as far as in, in game coaching. Like we don't know what he knows and we don't know what he doesn't know. But and we're not going to learn anything no, this right, year either. Right. That's the thing. Yeah, you're not that's learn the anything. sad part is you're not you're not going to learn. I anything. think I go with it. I'd rather almost go in two feet in on Josh Eiler and the staff because I think the staff is tremendous asset. Fun. So awesome. I think you go two feet in and get some recruits and get some transfers and use Jesse Edwards and Quinn Slazinski as kind of like your testimonials. And go with that. And you hope uh, a Deshaun or an Alex Ruoff or Jordan McCabe can recruit. Right. And they now they do have a guy that's committed. He's a three-star signed. Carmelo Adkins uh, signed as a three-star. And he said that he's in love with the university. He's aware that you know the situation is fluid. But he really liked the staff and he really liked the school. And, and you're going to need a couple of those types of guys. Some guys that are going to just – when you know i for example i have a a child of mine who is recruited to play sports and we often gave her the if you break your leg are you still going to be comfortable committing to this school if if you're not sure about that then maybe it's not the right fit for you so like if if those coaches aren't there are you still comfortable committing to west virginia regardless of what the situation may be nowadays in, in today's climate, that's a, that's a tough ask for a kid because basketball, especially college basketball is so fluid with coaches and players moving constantly. But uh, you, you've got this Carmelo Adkins who has said, yes, he is committing himself to WVU at the very least, but you're going to need some other pieces. I mean, you've got to get some, some players, obviously. I think, in Ren, we trust. That's where I'm going to leave it. I like it. I think he's he's gonna he's gonna have to make the decision, and I'm confident he can go. He can do so. Guido, my fear right now ahead of Turkey Day for this team is we were there. We lived through Gail Catlett's last season. He went eight and twenty, and that team was one and fifteen in the Big East. And that's what I have on my mind right now with this basketball team. And look, yeah. We Scoot and I just said it. I love these guys. I'm going to keep rooting hard for them. But in the back of my mind, that's probably my expectation right now, Guido. If I was being asked to give like a final projection, that's kind of what it, it feels like one of those seasons. I'm with you on it. WVU plays Virginia, a number, like Scooty said, number 24 ranked 
Virginia. That's as you're listening to this podcast, the day it comes out, probably they are playing tonight at 6 p.m. The game is on Fox Sports 1. That's a Wednesday, uh, an odd day for us to release the podcast. But, you know, time is what it is. Uh, and then the next game they play is on Sunday against Bellarmine. And that game is in the Coliseum, 5 p.m. tip off. You can watch that game on ESPN Plus. So we'll have to see what happens. Got to get a couple of wins, like Scooty said, in the soft part of the season. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. But, hey, don't forget, check us out online. You can find us on the social medias, on Instagram uh, and on Twitter, at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on. And we have a website that has things on it, Johnson. There are things on a website at a location called gotyourearson.com. If you're too busy, you know, I, I know people that listen to us, Guido. They're movers and shakers. Yes, they are. You know, they're men of means, women of means. They're they're on the go. You might not have time to put a slotted in your iTunes app, your Spotify app, your iTunes radio app. Uh, you can go to gotyourearson.com. You can click the link and you can listen to the latest show right there in the website. You don't have to go anywhere. We got you covered. You can also click through to the merch store. Look, Scooter, is Christmas not right around the corner? It's right around the corner. Hey, Black Friday sale, 30% off of everything. Ooh, get in there. Look at Guido. Get at it. Slashing prices. Black Friday. Yeah. Guido slashing prices. Slashing prices. Get in there. Gotyourearson.com. You can click through to the merch store. Get all your holiday shopping done. Let's let's get at it. Do we have aprons? We do have aprons. We have aprons all the way down. We've got baby bibs. Oh, like you can get it all. Get you a got so, your ears on baby bib for the newborns. I want my baby bib, baby bib, baby bib, baby bib. <laughs> got your ears on dot com. And Guido, can we also say uh happy turkey day, everyone? Happy Thanksgiving. We hope everyone listens uh and then has wonderful things to banter about around the Thanksgiving table, right? Right. Yes. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for WVU sports. I am too. Scooty, Scooty, not thankful for Neil Brown. I am not. No, <laughs> he is not on my thankful list. He he, is, he would be the turkey. <laughs> okay. All right. On that note. <laughs> on that note. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back um, less than a week with another show. Uh, so thanks for listening. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.